Hi, Hi friends. friends. I'm Loza. I'm Isaias, and this is Light in Love with Loseas, the podcast. We're a married couple living in Los Angeles, walking by faith and doing so transparently. Our hope is that this podcast leaves you feeling inspired as we navigate matters of light, love, work, and life. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome, 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 <laughs> welcome to Light and Love. Hey. Season two, episode 12. Let's go. After hours, okay? After what hours. you don't know is this is a very, very after hours episode. Hopefully so. without any after hours content. No, hopefully it's going to have some after hour flavors, if you know what I mean. Bing bong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, welcome. How are you doing, Loza? Good. How are you, Isaiah? I am feeling good. I am also feeling... Uh, very raw right now. Um, That's dangerous. I'm feeling raw because um, some of the stuff that I know we want to talk about tonight feels like it is sensitive. It feels like I don't want to talk about it. Feels At the same giving, time, I feel, throw up. It's I giving. Throw up. <laughs> it's giving. Please don't make me do it, God. But here we are. <laughs> uh, but it's a good thing. I, I would say yeah. we actually, before we do too much uh, teasing, we had we had a, a, a vision for another conversation, and then right before this, we were like, you know what? Let's talk about let's talk about friendships again. Again, God. so we're talking about some we're going to talk about some good stuff tonight. I'm stressed already. <laughs> I told him, why do we keep choosing topics that make me want to throw up and. As I said that, I was like, you know what? Hopefully, hope and healing come out of this for me. And, and for me. And for, for me. you. And for you guys as our listeners. And now YouTube viewers. Yes. Thanks yes, yes, For yes, those yes, of you yes. guys that are watching us on YouTube. Hey, guys. <laughs> so before we get um, into it, we just want to touch on a quick um, review. This is from Ashagre. One, one, one. Great to hear such loving and positive people. Truly inspirational without trying. Well, Asha Gray, little did you know, I'm trying very hard to be <laughs> inspirational. <laughs> no, uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate the yeah, love. That's there a are, really, really nice comment. Yeah, there's so many people who are really, really holding us down. Like uh, over the last season, so many people have come up to us, whether it's through a DM, whether it's through a one-off conversation, an email, and really expressed how much they feel like the content has been helpful and they've appreciated it. And that's why that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. um, I know we took off six months or so, but um, coming back here is because we believe that even if it helps one person, it's worth it. So. Exactly. And it's really nice to hear the encouragement. Uh, as you guys know, we do love words of affirmation. <laughs> so for those of you guys that are like, whoops, there goes my mic. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, for those of you guys that are like leaving reviews, letting us know, seeing us in person and like keeping us in the loop about your thoughts on the most recent episode, we really do appreciate that. We but actually appreciate the the feedback because it allows us to like get a better gauge as exactly. to where we can, you know, kind of lean in a little bit more or less mm -hmm. and, all and how we stuff. can improve. So, yeah, keep it coming. We appreciate you guys. And um, exactly what Isaiah said, our ultimate goal is to make these episodes, um, honest, transparent, kind of walk you guys through our journey and what it looks like for us to like navigate faith. Um, and if this helps even just one person, that means that, you know, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. So, so speaking thanks. of transparency, what's the uh, title of this episode? What is the title? Can you, uh, yes, go ahead. I, I can't see the whole thing. That's why Oh, I, you got a screen too, brother. I know. Um, I don't, <laughs> season to episode 12 while he's loading it is called friends through the fire 
when to hold on or when to let go. Mm, through the fire, to the limit, to the wall. <laughs> For just a chance to be with you, I'd rather I don't think you hold it all. Okay, 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 okay. Anyways, since we don't know the lyrics. Through the fire, do we hold on? Do we let go? Shall I come? Shall I go? Through the fire. Um, okay, so before I before I <laughs> play around any further, um, okay. So how did this conversation start? Um, we were just reflecting about um, what it's like to be a parent, to try to guide your child in the best way possible, because um, like you you realize that through your children, you are also kind of reliving, you know what you believe is the best way to navigate friendship, what you believe uh, is you're trying to figure out what the best way to let your child flourish on their own while also trying to like keep them in a little bubble and want to like preserve and protect them. I know every parent could probably like relate to that. Yeah. I think they say that like the first six or seven years of a child's life are like their formative years. So you're kind of like not curating, but you are instructing their worldview of them, of God themselves and the world at large. And yes. so those are the years where you want to make sure they understand what, you know, a healthy marriage looks like. And it's not saying that we're trying to like make things perfect, but you're also trying to depict health. Yes. Healthy friendships, healthy Especially because yeah, like, like you're, good relationships. Well, like you're alluding to, like the stat that, you know, we're referring to is like by the time they get to be seven years old or so, the heavy lifting of parenting is pretty much done. Right? Like Yeah, a lot of who they are. Yeah, it's like who they are is kind of seven. essentially kind of determined more or less. Of mm -hmm. course, you know, they're still in their adolescence, but the heavy lifting in that like the person is is all there and there's not much you can do to change the the core fabric of you know, who they are. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, with that in mind, it's like you, you feel this immense pressure to want to, you know, put them in the best position as possible mm -hmm. to help them form the right understanding of who they are as a person, who they are in light of who God made them to be, mm -hmm. who they are as they relate to their friendships, to the community around to them, parents, to yeah. their parents, right. how they see relationships, all of that stuff, mm -hmm. you know? And I think if I'm being honest, I think we put a little too much pressure on ourselves, which is why, you know, this is a little bit of a challenge. If you haven't already noticed, maybe there's some slight helicoptering going around here. Who does that? Um, but we just love our kids, man. We just love our kiddos and we just want the best for them, especially just to think about how like innocent and pure these little babies are, you know? Mm -hmm. So in any case, um, yeah, friendships. It's just... Uh, yeah. It's been a little challenging because I think, you know, when you are... And you guys know this, right? For those of you guys that haven't listened to the previous episode um, in season one about friendships, it's friends. How many of us have them, right? Uh, where I opened up to you guys, <laughs> very open way, that friendships have been something I've struggled with for the entirety of my life. Now, a lot of people are like, Loza, but I'm your friend. And Yes, I feel like I do have a lot of friends. I have a lot of people that I, I value and that I adore, but there's very few that I can hold close. And I think that um, as I'm seeing Sayla grow up and like she has different people in her life and it's like you feel the pressure to want to like curate, well, 
what people do we let into her life? Yeah. Who, who makes her light brighter? Who dims her light? What does that look like? Or what are the I influences think, that we want around her? Exactly. Or like, what do we want her to replicate or the examples that she wants to have? Mm-hmm. You know? I, I found myself, you know, projecting my own experience and my views, which is true. Most you, parents will pass that, that on onto their child. So for example, um, I think a big fear of mine, and I think I did not get the chance or the room to kind of really press into this last season on that episode, but that's why, you know, I thought it would be fair to like bring it back here is I think a big part of why I struggle with friendships and like letting people that close is because of the fear of disappointment. Mm. And it's so interesting because when I was like looking online, (laughs) it was like, if you're afraid of like disappointing others, if you're afraid of disappointing others, and I was like, wow. Well, I'm not necessarily afraid of disappointing other people, but I'm afraid of other people disappointing me. And that's maybe because I don't express my needs or my expectations. So I found myself becoming protective of my daughter that people don't disappoint her, that friends don't disappoint Mm. her. Um, And in an effort to do that, I've been like, just a helicopter mom. I've just, you know, kind of done the most. And it's making me have to question, well, why do you do that? Is it because of pride? And then I go back to the fact that I'm like, well, you know, family, and I've always viewed it this way, family is all the friends that you actually really need. And and that's on a very like close nuclear level. Or why can't friendship just be in your marriage alone because I've made a covenant or a promise to this person that in the strength of our bond, you know, I know the most about you and I'm going to honor you even in that very vulnerable okay. way. So. Let me so let me let me pose a question. Word vomit. <laughs> let me pose a question that will maybe help us kind of like unpack this a little further. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a hypothetical, of course, but if it was up to you, what would be the most ideal way for you to uh, create an environment for our children that where they could grow and learn and have the healthiest environment? What would that look like in an ideal sense? In what regards? In friendship? In Friendships, life? community, life, all of that. What would that look like for you? Yeah, where I curate an experience of showing my daughter and son what healthy looks like. So what if I find that, that there are like. areas in, um, for ex- I'll give you an example. You know, so, you know, at school there was like a kid that was like a really close friend to our daughter. And in that situation, you know, our daughter consider this person very close. And while she did that, there was still some kind of weird, not animosity, some tension that was being created. It felt like what was bullying or the dimming of our daughter's light. So when she'd come home, she'd express that. And but she didn't quite have the language. The language. Like, and she just was confused. Well, love is supposed to feel like love. Yeah. Why is this person also pushing me? And they're nice to me, but they're mean to me. And immediately I was like, if these are her formative years, then her experience of what friendship is going to be will be toxic. And I don't want her to have to experience it that way. So I sang like a canary, y'all. I went to her (laughs) teacher and I was like, listen, lady, this is, you know, not a healthy view. This this does not appear to be healthy for me. We expressed some of the concerns that we had and Mm -hmm. we said, hey, can you please just like take note, take note of it? Because this was also like when she was a little younger and wasn't communicating as mm-hmm. as clearly and effectively as she does now. So we were like, peace we were trying like, to like piece things together. I was like, like, oh no, oh no. He's like, not loves are trying to fight a three year, no. two year old. Um, so there there was some of that, but like through that process, we did actually kind of discover some things that 
even because like, like I'm really hesitant to call anything truly bullying at that age. It's it's really just kids being kids. Mm-hmm. But there was some dynamics that maybe you know weren't as healthy as we would have hoped. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 the main point was that it caused some form of distress for our daughter. So we just wanted to. You know. nip it in the bud and I think had we just been like oh well we'll let her figure it out it's like at this stage in her life figuring it out is really the responsibility of the parents right, right? we want to make sure we're curating and providing an environment where she can learn in a very healthy way what the definition of that looks like and so we had to like get books to educate on what friends do and what friends right. don't do to now inform her view of the world and um, yeah I think at the same time, have, yeah, at the same time, okay. I remember being a little reluctant for the reason that I just mentioned, which was, you know, to some extent, we were also making conclusions mm-hmm. based off of the limited information that we had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's where, like, it's hard to maybe draw the line as to where you helicopter or where you let things play out till there's a little bit more clear of an idea of what's going on. Because again, at this young of an age, it's just like, it just feels that there's maybe some slight overprotectiveness, which is not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we ultimately did the right thing in communicating, hey, there these are some things that are worth looking out for. And then when there was an opportunity to uh, create a, a positive change for everybody, that's what happened. And mm-hmm. it ended up working out for the better without causing much of a disruption. Right. So um, it's just, I think something that we're still navigating is figuring mm-hmm. out, you know, at the end of the day, we trust our our kids' lives are in God's hands, mm-hmm. right? We trust that better than what we can do. And even when we pray over our kids in the morning, it's mm-hmm. like, God, protect our kids from the things that we can and cannot see, mm-hmm. help them to be a light to their friends around them. And it's like, and again, it's this is like a, a weird conversation to have considering we're talking about such young kids, but like part of what it means to be a light to people is to exist around maybe people who are not you know, maybe receiving the, the, the love that they should At be receiving home. or yeah. don't know how Sharing to that. express themselves the way they really want to, mm-hmm. you know? So, and, and, and this is like relevant to us as we get even older because it's the way we treat and manage these situations from an early age or how we teach them to, to manage conflict or things that aren't necessarily what's right for them is what's going to give them the example as to how they deal with it later. Exactly, and you know? it dictates their decisions, so, and it's so their even internal for us, compass. And even for us, kind of looping it back to what we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, it's when we tend to feel an impulse to say, hey, I see this thing not quite in alignment mm-hmm. with some of the people around us. And whenever that creates a desire to pull back or to not want to be as in close proximity, then I think that's, I think that was a, a a, a flag for us to say, hey, maybe there's something in us that we need to evaluate to think, mm-hmm. okay, perhaps there's a, a healthier way as as believers in Christ to treat our relationships, to not flee from things that feel uncomfortable Correct. or, you know, aren't in maybe in full alignment in the way that we would want them to as convenient right. to address them directly and to find a way through. Right. To so love people better. I think, and yeah, you're right. In light of our daughter who is in her formative years, creating that is important and like curating and like teaching that is good. But I think as adults, I'm still doing what I expect for her, for myself. So even learning that like, yeah, you're right. It's not just about cutting off relationships that aren't the perfect model of what that's supposed to be. At what point is it creating boundaries? At what point is it like removing right. toxicity? At what point is it working through the challenges of a relationship as an adult. Um, 
that's an area I struggle with a lot because, and it actually, the reason I say it, like this conversation always makes me want to throw up is like over the course of my life, I've, this is one of those things that I've just never quite been able to figure out because it's been a war within me, right? As a believer, it's like, I know that I'm supposed to like love this person. I know I'm supposed to like bear, you know, one another's burdens deal. And I, to a certain extent on a very like large level, I feel like I can do that. But I think in close proximity, yeah, I found myself that things that have felt completely energy depleting, I've cut off. I've cut off those relationships, you know, after having been burnt out and exhausted, you know, and it's and like, a where's thing. the permission to yeah. yourself to be able to like cut out something that's not, I don't want to say serving you because ultimately if you're serving them and they're serving you, then both needs are met. Right. Just like it would be in marriage, but without the covenant and without sex. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so I think I think those are I think it's important that we kind of uh, identify the nuance of this conversation. So in one end, when we're talking about our inner circle, I don't think the call to Christians is to, you know, do life with people in super close proximity that you feel like there's no real alignment in values. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, like even like in Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Mm -hmm. So. The Bible's not telling us to walk around with foolish people or people who are not in alignment with who you are trying yeah. to become. Sure. I think so. That's that's one side of the conversation, which mm -hmm. I think is what you're alluding to. Mm -hmm. And right? it says you are the company you keep, yeah. the, the average of the five closest people to you. That's not a Bible verse, though. It's it? not a Bible verse, but I'm you saying said yes. It says, I was like, hold on. Well, I don't no, know that verse. Quotes. <laughs> <laughs> what part of the Bible does it? No, I was like, dang, I didn't know about that one. No. Um, so I think that's one side of what you're saying, mm -hmm. right? But then on the flip side, it's like, okay, so for people that you are in community with, let's just say there is alignment in values. But then, you know, this is, this is human nature. This is natural. This is part of what it means to coexist with people, within friendships, within a company. There's always going to be things that you don't see eye to eye on. And then there's going to probably be offenses that you take that maybe other people aren't aware of mm -hmm. and things that just quite, aren't quite right in your eyes mm -hmm. so how do you manage that how do you deal with that what does healthy dynamics within friendship really look like and i man it's it's, it's actually kind of crazy to think and i think about this a lot more now that we're parents mm -hmm. it's amazing to me to think about how as we're trying to teach give kids tools to be better humans mm -hmm. how many of us as big people quote unquote, are still looking for those same tools. <laughs> so I, tell me if you got the answer, little kid, because once you figure it out, I'm going to figure it out. You know? It shocks you because then that's when you realize yeah. it actually was not there, the knowledge of yeah. how to do it right or how to fix it. Or and, 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 and it gives, it to me, at least the way I see it is that it gives me a sense of like understanding for people, mm -hmm. uh, for myself, mm -hmm. to know that really everyone's still working on something, mm -hmm. you know? So- I mean, we're human. We're human, right? Yeah. yeah. So and so now like to point the finger back at us, I feel like it's a reminder, and this is kind of where the conversation was birthed, to be a little bit more gracious in understanding that, man, everyone's really just figuring things out. Maybe some people have certain blind spots in the same way that we do, mm -hmm. you know? So within community, how do we create healthier environments to talk about these discomforts, these things where we feel like there's maybe like a misunderstanding or a lack mm -hmm. of alignment mm -hmm. for the purpose of helping people grow in a stronger direction. It's mm -hmm. like even, I think the sign of a good, healthy relationship, um, 
you know, in a dynamic of a marriage is that anytime you have conflict, you can walk away from it stronger than what you were previously. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think if, if you were to treat your, you know, platonic relationships in the same way, maybe if it was to be, to be a microcosm of that, potentially, what are ways in which you can, um, experience adversity, but then walk away from it better. And I think the only way to do it is to shine a light on those things and to love people well by giving them an opportunity to talk through things in real time. Yeah. I think that integral to that happening, you need, I don't know. I think the reason it's so easy for me to like understand that in light of marriage is because there's a covenant in place that we're not leaving each other, right? Or die till the wheels fall off, baby. You know what I mean? And because of that, we're able to deal with those tough conversations. We're able to work through that because we've agreed that we're in this for the long haul. Right. I think with friendships, maybe in my mind, because I view them as like voluntary, right? We're, and I'm not saying that our marriage isn't voluntary. That's not what I'm saying, guys. I got what you meant. Okay. <laughs> I got it. But, you know, like once you've entered into that covenant and that like agreement between each other in marriage, you're not leaving that. With friendship, I feel like... Maybe, you know, maybe there should be something that's spoken very clearly. Like, this is a friendship that I value and I'd like to have forever. And I'm bringing up this conversation because I'm believing it will last forever. And I think if both parties can agree with that, not me talking about about parties, that just shows you how, like, both parties can agree with this contractual agreement. I know. Um, but I think if just that under- to be fair here. Exactly. I think if the both people can agree to that, then- then those honest conversations are allowed. And I think for me, I've had it to where, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a cultural bias or what, but like sharing my expectation and saying, this is a need that I have is damn near impossible for me. And I don't know if it's because I feel like I'm needy. I don't know if it's because in Ethiopian culture, you just don't do that. I don't know if you, I don't know. Maybe you can guide me here because- Honestly, I- if, if you haven't listened to last season's episode on friendships, do that so you can have more context about what I'm going to say. But last season, I, I feel like I was I was coming in on a very high tune. And right now I feel like maybe there's some um, I don't know. I've had maybe some evolution in my kind of perspective. Not not that I um, how am I trying to say this? I still hold those beliefs to be true in terms of how easy friendship has been in a lot of ways. But I'm also like, I feel like once you experience maybe some real core, um, I don't know how to say it, hardships or like some things. Fire, some real fire, some fire. fire. I've I've had some fire that's happened this last (laughs) six months to a year and it's made it, it's, it's like really called some things into question because it's like, some of it's like really hurt. Um, that's kind of been new to me, you know, like actual hurt. Yeah. Actual real hurt, you know? Um, and you know, it's, you can only experience for me. It's, it's hard for me to feel hurt in relationships and in friendships that I don't really hold, you know, truly dear and close, close to me. And when in that context, you kind of come to a realization that you didn't have before, or you, you know, realize that maybe you had some blinders on it, it hurts. And I felt that like disappointment. It's more than disappointment. It's like, I'm, 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 I was like genuinely sad, genuinely sad about some things, you know? 
Um, and it's not always necessarily the fault of, of the other person, but it's just like sad to realize certain things, at least the way you understand it, mm-hmm. um, and to not have the ability to kind of deal with it or address it the way you want to. Um, so that's kind of been a unique thing to to navigate. You know, I think it's still things that I'm working through in real time. And, and, and some of these things, because they are such storied and long lasting friendships, it's probably going to take a long time to, to work through as well. You know, do you feel like you in your heart of hearts desire to maintain those friendship? Is it an effort to like, like, how are you navigating what to work through, what to work on? I mean, you know. Yeah, that's a good question. What to maintain, what to cut off. Is there an expiration date to friendships? That's a really good question. I think human nature uh, has in, within our human nature, there's a desire to cut things off that. Um, feel like they aren't growing or, you know, because I mean, I guess by definition if something's not growing, it's dead, right? Mm-hmm. So I think in human nature, you have a desire to like cut things free that aren't really contributing to your growth or um, don't feel like they represent the thing that you once thought they were. But I, when I think about though, the example that Christ set and how if all of our relationships are meant to kind of resemble the sacrifice and the example that he set, then I think to some extent it would be foolish and selfish of, of me to think that just because you've experienced something that doesn't contribute to what you wanted or expected it to be to at first glance, just let it loose, cut it loose, you know? Yeah. Yeah continue. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer, but mm-hmm. my, my initial impulse is to say, no, the right answer is not to let it go. Um, maybe it needs to be compartmentalized differently. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just, it's just something that's still being figured out. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's challenging because for me, I found that it's when it comes to unmet expectations is when, you know, those are the situations where you should work through it, you know, mm-hmm. because if it's a, yeah, if, help, me, help, help me, help me think this through. Right? Like if, and I can only speak of it for myself because my, my default is if my expectation is unmet, I will cut a loose real quick because <laughs> <laughs> I get disappointed. And I think I also, because I'm such a critical person to myself, I think I hold that same lens with other people and there's very little room for like grace or like wiggle space. And if I'm hurt once, I'm like, sorry about you, you know, and then I just move on. And that's but how are you implying that someone hurt you intentionally. No, even if it, even if it's unintentionally, sometimes I'll do that. And I just kind of create distance and then we'll like just fall off the face of the earth um, and like resurface, you know, or just keep, keep the show going, you know, but what I'm realizing is, you know, not only is that not fair to the other person, but that's not fair to like the spirit of reconciliation that I yeah. feel like God desires out of us. And that right. comes from being able to express, express the hurt, express, express what was the expectation that was unmet. And from that place, be able to say, oh, okay, I did not know that that was a need of yours or a desire of yours and that other person's able to address it. Then you're working through the troubles, right? right? The, the challenges. Um, I think that that sounds mature, the the right way to go about it, you know, but I think in instances where you realize that 
maybe a person is not, I don't want to say like no longer serving you, but is bringing toxic energy is no longer, you know, beneficial to your spiritual health or is a person that you feel like is, um, See, delaying or thwarting your ability to move forward. See, why, why I don't necessarily agree with that though is because I think there's, I, I've heard this like in church circles too. It's like, there's this idea that if someone's toxic, you know, and that's something we always talk about. And it, and it really does make sense on the surface. It's a trigger word these days. Yeah, like, it's just like a very common toxic, common thing that people yeah. talk about it. But it's like, if someone, if you perceive someone as toxic, then your in, instinct is to cut them off. Then does that imply that the whole point of relationships is to have this sense of like perfect peace and like, you know, only surround yourself with people who are contributing to what you believe is a, is a perfect sense of stability in your life? No, I think that, you know, if toxicity is thwarting you from becoming the person that God has called you to be, you don't need it in your life. However, that toxicity must first be addressed, right? I think that is what I'm learning is like, it's, I, I like I said, I would like go just like radio silent and cut people off. I think, I think, it's, right. I think it's unfair, it's, to, it's unfair to say talk because I think that word is overused. Maybe it is overused. I think, you know. Like, what do you mean by that? Is maybe better it looks question. different for a lot of people. And I think I'm a terrible person to ask what toxic is, is because, you know, I don't use that word like um, often as to the reason why I cut people off. Mine is just really tied to like disappointment. Sure. And it's like in the, for those of you guys that That's like, why I know, want to differentiate. Right. Like Brene Brown, she talks about like foreboding joy, right? In an effort to not have to feel pain, people will stunt or like their ability to be fully present in joy. I do the same thing when it comes to disappointment. I have foreboding I think that's what, yeah, I think trust, that's what you're talking about. And what in an effort to protect myself from being disappointed, I will thwart my ability to fully be trusting in a relationship or situationship. Yeah. But when it comes to toxicity and people's ability, like no nobody wakes up choosing to be toxic. Maybe people have like bad tendency or, or blind spots. Yeah. And I think having friends, right? That's the point of having good right. friends is people that will mirror for you right. your shortcomings. Right. Saying, hey, have you noticed that this is something that you do and it makes me uncomfortable? And I've heard it makes other people feel uncomfortable. Right. It is at that point in time, either that friend can choose to like modify behavior, try to right. do better. And if they're not willing to do that and they continue in that right. pattern of behavior, then- what are you left to do? Just consume it, you know, and sit around while it's kind of not only not good company for you, you are the company you keep. It's not, you know, it's not a good example to maybe kid, your kids that are watching your example of friendships around you. And so I think in an instance like that, I think the first thing that I'm, again, maybe I'm like discovering this as we're talking is, wow, communication is everything to be clear to yourself to be clear to the person in front of you as well. Um, and I think that that was something that I recently learned even through one of uh, like a recent relationship. And I kind of shared on that on Instagram of like, you know, rather you than being, rather than being petty, I wanted to be like clear with somebody. You were there, it was on the Shaping the Culture tour, but I had oh. shared about, you know, how oh, important yeah, yeah. it is rather than just being petty about it and like talking talking sideways about somebody or even though everybody's like talking about someone's trait that's really uncomfortable going to that person and say you know what like this 
thing that you're doing is making me uncomfortable and my natural inclination is to distance myself. But rather than do that, I'm going to err on the side of just sharing my concern with you. Yeah. And hopefully you're willing to adjust that. And it went, you know, those that conversation went well. Um, again, I've like had friendships where I've like let people go. Now in hindsight, I'm like, okay, God, one, forgive me. And to those that I've hurt, sorry. Um, wow, this is like turning into like a public wow, what's po- going apology on right now, tour. Guys? What is happening? I, I am. I'm sorry. How did we, how did we find ourselves here? Look I at know. us. Holy Spirit. Look at us. How, uh, where, what are we doing, huh? Want to throw up still. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry to those that I've hurt. I think, you know, hurt people hurt people. And I think in an effort to like protect myself, I've let people feel hurt before I've been able to fully express the things that bother me. And I don't know where to place that blame. Maybe I shouldn't place that blame. And then taking full ownership, learning that. I, I think it's a really, you know, I, I'm really. That was kind of cathartic. Thanks. I think it's amazing <laughs> that you are taking ownership of that. And yeah. I think that's a sign of maturity and growth. I also don't want you to beat yourself up if if you're. No. I mean, I, I kind of regret those things, but I move on. I just okay. brush it well, <laughs> under the rug and then I move on, which is why I hate this well, conversation no, no, coming well, up because I'm like, he's taking it out from the rug. Now we actually got to Yeah, only because I, I, I only say that because I do want to acknowledge there is like a nuance to this conversation. It's not black and white. And I think that's why there's a tension that we're going to have to constantly explore. Not everything is super clear as to when you should let a friendship go and when you should fight for it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's part of the inspiration for this conversation. I think if we were to look at the biblical example, I think there's more evidence or more reason to why we should fight for friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, there's no reason why in instances where someone does not want to make the appropriate changes Mm -hmm. that you should hold on to something that is bad for everybody. Mm -hmm. So um, what's tough about this though, is that you just have to, well, not, sorry, not what's tough. I think what's important is that we have to constantly seek God's wisdom in all of it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. Taking it to prayer and saying, because also, because like, like no, no, because, because (laughs) like, you know, sometimes the thing about this is like, when you think about it in context of your kids, especially, Mm -hmm. You have an inst- the instinct inside of me is to you know want to do something that's like I, I want to fight somebody. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? y'all should have seen me and the aunties. We've been fight somebody. The second I hear the second I hear someone at, at school is like potentially doing something to make my daughter, I'm like, okay, so who am I gonna ta- who am I gonna talk to? That part, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that that like because you know our kids are just an, ex- an extension. It's like my heart outside of my body mm-hmm. running around without my supervision. It's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't I'll do anything. Pre- we'll do anything to protect. We'll do anything out. to yeah. protect these kids. And yeah. it's like, but at the same time, it's also remembering that, you know, our kids are really in God's hands at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, we have to trust that, you know, we have to allow for them to kind of navigate on their own to some extent. Mm-hmm. We have to, in the same way, like in, in like, you know, relationships, to truly experience love, you have to allow yourself the risk of getting hurt. hurt. That's exactly I think you, right. It's kind of uh, in this, the same way. It's like you have to <laughs> let your kids loose enough to potentially experience, you know, experiencing some hardship. And then through that process, you can, you know, learn something together, most likely, mm. and, you know, talk through it and, and figure it out. And that trust that God will, you know, continue to teach us and grow us along the way. But man, this is something that we're still figuring out in real it time, is. you know? And I think it's comforting. I think in hearing you say that, just to kind of like close it out from me as well as, you know, 
the most beautiful things in life, the most beautiful things that you get to experience require a certain level of vulnerability and a trust. Um, you know how they say it's better to have love than never, or loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Or, you know, I think, um, to forebode a lot of life's experiences by stifling, right? By protecting, by keeping yourself from feeling too much and doing too much and being too much. You really are not experiencing the full breath, beauty, vibrancy that life has to offer us. Okay, so um, yeah, we got cut off because our SD card ran out of storage. Whoopsie. But um, <laughs> the point that we were making was uh, what were actually what, what point were we? Yeah, making? I was saying that like trying to limit your ability to experience these things can stifle life, can stifle the way that you view life, can stifle the way that yeah god intended for you to experience all of it the joy the pain the struggle yeah um trying to and i kind of think about the guy that like you know going back to the a parable of the what is it the guy that had the talent and it said like he buried his talent rather than investing it and maybe that's something to be said of of our of our life right trying to like protect our hearts hmm. and protect of all of who we are rather than that's investing it in relationships and in experiences and in the life that for some reason we're still all here living you know as broken as the world is as broken as people are i think the purpose is to to do life and to do it well and to feel it love it see it all of the above and so that's definitely a my take home with this conversation is like if you're not feeling right if you if you're not allowing yourself to feel the breath of joy and pain um of met expectations and unmet expectations yeah then are you really living you know yeah I, I could i could play it safe if i wanted to but you know, even studies have found that, you know, people that invest in rich relationships actually live longer. Yeah. So there's the practical, there's practical, very clear practical benefits to it all. Mm -hmm. um, and I think as people continue to navigate this and you find yourself even disappointed along the way, I think we have to continue to lean in and press mm -hmm. in that part. and give people the chance to really express themselves the way and let themselves be seen the way that they think that they're kind of showing up in the world. Mm -hmm. Cause I think a big, uh, of course, just like it is in, in romantic relationships, a big challenge in all re relationships, including the platonic, those that are platonic are that they're just misaligned communication. That's it, totally. You think you're, you think you're putting out one message and another one's being received. Mm -hmm. So I think we owe it to the people that we care about and the people that we surround ourselves with to at least express themselves uh, clearly and plainly, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And not to run away from the challenges, uh, even when you feel mm -hmm. let down. That exactly. actually makes me feel like I have some people to, but that's so weird though. <laughs> that's so weird. Cause even right now when I'm, now that I'm thinking about that, I'm like, there are so many like positive, solid relationships that I have. But then now that I'm like kind of reflecting on it, I'm like, man, actually, I think I'm actually let down by 
More than one. Mm -hmm. A couple. (laughs) (laughs) I actually low-key am now that I'm really thinking about it. You have to share those expectations. But like, so like my instinct is like, dude, why do I need to like make this a problem? Circle back this episode and re-listen with you in mind. Take take me out the hot I I know. That's why I'm saying. I'm like, why do I? Because it's not like they've done any real offense or Mm -hmm. like anything's anything to slight me or anything. Mm -hmm. But like, I just, I actually do feel a little let down now that I'm like being forced to think about it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I'm sure between us and everybody else that's like listening to this, I'm sure we all, if we took inventory of our friendships and areas where we feel let down, I think really, and maybe that's what the Holy Spirit's wanting to do is just to build a spirit of healing and of hope. And it starts in relationships because we're only as strong as our communities are strong and our friendships are strong. And if it was just about our nuclear family, and I could argue that I could die on that hill saying that it's that, but I'm realizing that people matter, people matter. And it's, it's our God given call to have healthy relationships with one another. I think, I think what you said hits right on the head. Um, It really is about like unity within the body of Christ, but also just at large, you know, like mm-hmm. that verse in first Peter, it, it talks about to love each other deeply because mm-hmm. love covers a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. It's like everything that we do has to come from a place of love, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not just love for a significant other, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the real only way that the body can really grow mm-hmm. and, and be sound with one another, mm-hmm. you know, it's all for the purpose of having unity there. So if, Clear communication, even if you don't feel like it's necessary, could potentially create an opportunity for greater unity Then I think maybe it's the right thing to do. Um, I'm sure I'm letting a lot of people down myself. So Same. Yeah. And if I am, sorry. Yeah. You, talk well, to well, me. Talk express to, that. Know, yeah, yeah, talk, yeah, yeah, because like, that. you know, here's the thing. I'm actually just thinking about, <laughs> I'm actually thinking about uh, some people who I haven't called back, for example. <laughs> no, for real. And... And I have reasons for that. And I actually maybe owe them that conversation. Um, But it's just never really come up to the point where I have done it. Yeah. Um, That's the thing, though. I feel like as season, this this episode keeps going longer and longer. Um, But I feel like now I'm expressing my grievances and my (laughs) clearing my conscience. Um, Because the truth is like, everyone is going through something different. Mm -hmm. How foolish to like hold someone to something that you, where you don't know what exactly is going on on their end, you know? And I think that's just true about everybody. Everyone's typically wrestling with something, Mm -hmm. you know, for us, it's like, again, like I know, like I said, I'm sure people are some, some of our friends are being let down by us, but it's like, we have a different life now, you know, we're really, really stretched thin Mm -hmm. and we're trusting God to, you know, help us, navigate how to maximize you know the best use of our time but yeah we're feeling growing pains and we're trying to we're doing our best to you know be there for our kids and to do our work and to be there for each other Mm -hmm. and that's and i don't feel bad about it that's the thing Mm -hmm. it's like i don't feel bad about you know where we are at with some of that but you know but i think there is clear communication that would be right that needs to be had you know as opposed to make letting some people just feel consistently let down um yeah, and then conversely, like I said, like for whatever reason, for and again, I don't always know why or where people are at or what they're going through exactly, but the re, just the fact that I do feel 
let down at the thought of some relationships is probably a good enough reason to say something. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's easy for us to dismiss that, but I, yeah, I'm getting this like resounding feeling that. I actually find low-key kind of feel at peace right now. Me too. I told y'all I wanted to throw up in the beginning of this conversation, but I word vomited. You guys heard it. Hopefully you guys were challenged uh, and encouraged and inspired by this conversation to, yeah, look at your own relationship. See where you have unmet expectations. See where you can work through, you know, um, yeah, sharing those unmet expectations, let downs, or even asking people in your life, have I let you down? And, um, yeah, asking the Holy Spirit for a spirit of like healing and hope in relationships at large. I think we'll all be better because of it. So I think we just had a live therapy session. I think so. <laughs> With no therapist. Yeah. Thanks, Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Anyways, love you guys. Um, okay. For those of you guys that are tuning in that are also um, still actively sharing this, please continue to do so. Yes. It's, get, let's get this out as this much as we can. is yeah. really about you guys. We are doing this only because we feel like there's a need for it and that you guys appreciate it. So if you guys are messing with the content, make sure that you share it with people who can benefit from it as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we love you guys. We yeah. appreciate you guys listening to us and and just like I said, the the support we get through the text messages and just the the confirmation that you know we're supposed to be doing this is is a helpful thing. So absolutely, and we can't go on without calling out our sponsor. Oh come on, how can we forget our sponsor? Tedros team. Shout out the Tedros team, uh, the number one real estate team in the Los Angeles and Long Play Beach area. When you think real estate in LA and Long Beach. Think Thanks, Tedros team. Yeah, think of us. Um, um, yeah, definitely connect with us. Follow us on the socials. I'll put all of our at handles yep. on the show notes. And obviously, we've got a donor box. If you want to continue to support us financially, feel free to do so. You can contribute there. That link will be there as well. We're hoping, I mean, the iPhone works pretty well, but I think a camera would be nice to get. So kind of using that to like yeah. work towards improving our situationship. If you haven't tuned in on YouTube, Oh, Tune check us in, out. Check us out. Subscribe. Thank you guys for those of you guys that already have subscribed. And yeah, we if there's anything guys. else you guys want to talk about, hit us up. We'll continue to talk about it. And that's all I got. So we thanks love you for guys. tuning we in. We appreciate you guys. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next episode. Peace. See ya.